You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. My name is Peter Thompson. You're listening to episode number 92. Look at us, the four of the four of our hosts, everyone back in the building here at the same time for a podcast for the first time. I genuinely think it might be the first time since the award show, um, but very happy to have everyone here. Lambro is back from his little holiday in Greece. He's having some tea with what looks like a fake leaf in it, but I can't tell, but he's showing off the Olympiakos mug straight out of the red store, if I'm not mistaken. In case you didn't believe that he was in Greece, he went Indeed. to the airport, got went to the I beach. I did go to the airport. Lamro, who did you see at the beach? Care to care who to? I actually I did not report this on social media, but I was in Naxos and I ran into. Co- or I didn't run into him. I was walking down the beach. I saw his social media and I saw he was on the same beach as me. So I was like, "This looks familiar." So I walked down the beach, and who was it? Costas Manulas was enjoying vacation with his family, but it was no Mustafa Fall situation where I could just go up for a <laughs> selfie. He was with like five of his friends, his wife, and like four kids, and I was like. I'm not bumping into them in the <laughs> under the sun chairs and like Costa selfie like so <laughs> I I just couldn't do that one so couldn't get the photo for you guys but I saw him so thanks Peter for rounding up enjoyed my vacation in Naxos one Costa gave me some shout for that supposedly he he has some connections there and then I was in Yithio in the Peloponnese was very nice and of course spent time in the home neighborhood in Pagrati in the center of Athens very hot but good times all around you don't get to talk about very hot my friend if if you've seen the it's been too hot in canada you don't unless it's above 40 degrees in pagrati we don't it we was don't 40 it was right around canada 40 shit canada. Adi, it was had <laughs> adi it, it was, was 40 degrees down here that's less than 40 degrees celsius oh, okay. get owned <laughs> and I don't they were restricting our ac they restricted our electricity here on the grids in baltimore adi, and in rockville I don't have AC to start with, but anyway, we're we're getting carried away. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like, oh yeah, restrict my AC. What AC? Anyway, um, yeah, we've got you know we're gonna talk a bit more about the friendlies today. We've had a couple more friendlies uh, since Costa and I were last uh, last on with Vasily Konstadopoulos, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, we've got one more against Galatasaray, I believe, not in Austria. So the boys are home in Athens now. Um, so. You know, preseason is pretty much finished up. We're going to be playing Champions League qualifiers before we know it. So a uh, nice opportunity here to sort of round up the friendlies, talk about what we've seen. If you're listening live on uh, on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, and you've got some takes from what you've seen in the friendlies, if you did watch, uh, feel free to comment. But, you know, we've got some things we want to say as well. And uh, we'll chat about some transfer news. As always, a few new things have come out since we've last recorded. Before we do get into that, though, uh, today is the 4th of July. And that means one thing that 
Greece won the Euro. 17 years ago. I was going to say it, Costa, but I couldn't do math in my head. 17 years ago, Greece won the Euros. And uh, big, big congratulations, as always, to that wonderful team, those great players who went and did the thing that nobody thought they could do. Uh, we must always be very proud of that amazing accomplishment. Um, additionally, we want to give a big shout out to Olympiakos DC. Uh, they had an incredible season. They started off a bit slow, but as they came together as a team, they really became a force to be reckoned with. Um, they made it all the way to the division finals, unfortunately, in a penalty shootout, which of course is just a big old coin flip anyway. Uh, they ultimately lost, but we want to just congratulate them uh, for, for a really good season, and we know they're going to be back stronger next year, uh, and we can't wait to keep covering them as they continue to improve as a team. Um, of course, with every cloud, there is a silver lining, uh, and with uh, Olympiakos DC going out there, uh, that means that we're probably going to be able to be able to talk with the head coach, Philip Vonk, next Sunday at this time. Uh, so keep an eye out for that interview. be coming out in about a week. Uh, we are very excited for that. We're going to hear more about the Olympiakos DC Academy, what they're doing, as well as Philip's individual coaching philosophy and whatnot. So, yeah. Uh, Adi, I think you have something for us about Ahepa. I do. I do, as always, boys. A little shout out to Ahepa. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with it, Ahepa is a nonprofit that has been defending Hellenic interests and Hellenism for the last, well, almost 100 years now. It's actually, they're celebrating the 100 year anniversary of Ahepa uh, in Athens at the Grand Britannia. Uh, Kirio uh, Mitsotaki, President Mitsotakis will be there at the celebration along with his cabinet. So big things. If you are interested in doing your part to support Hellenism and Hellenic interests, again, you can DM me or go to HEPA.org, find out where your local chapters are. They are all over the world now, Europe, all over the United States, various places. And it's really cool just to connect with other Greeks and then do stuff to also help other Greeks. Lots of scholarships going out there. Uh, we've also assisted in writing legislation and uh, in the local for locally for things here, as well as federal. Uh, the president was urged to do, help, do some things against Turkey and actually make some moves because everybody here was involved with their local congresses and also at, in the Senate and the House of Representatives. There are a lot of allies here a lot of things being done to support Greece, and a lot of that is on the back of Ahepa. So if you want to join, if you want to be part of that change, again, send me a DM or visit ahepa.org. There we go. Additionally, we would like to say thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, 18 by 18 by 24, Send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, fill any large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at PiraeusINTL.com. Now, we've got some transfer news here. Um, Lambro, as we mentioned, was in Greece, and while he was in Greece, he picked up a good old ephemerida, a good old paper. Uh, I think I said that right, at least. And the guy on the cover of this paper here is, is the first person that we want to talk about today. It's uh, the big bam in the rumors right now. 
the winger that uh, a lot of people have been calling for, a player by the name of Christian Pavon. Uh, Pavon is an Argentinian international. If you watched the World Cup in 2018, you probably saw a fair bit of Pavon out there on the wing with Messi. Uh, so maybe he could put in a big, a good word for Leo too with that contract going up. Uh, maybe I shouldn't talk anymore. But anyway, um, Pavon, in all seriousness, though, uh, he's a very talented winger. Uh, he actually has he's been uh, in the MLS with, I believe, LA Galaxy. Uh, he's played with Boca Juniors in, uh, in South America, in the Copa Libertadores. Uh, he has not ever played in, in Europe, or at least not recently. So this would be a big move for him. Uh, he probably wants to come in and, uh, and play in these big games, in these Champions League games. But the bottom line is he's 25 years old. He's really talented, and uh, he could be coming to Olympiacos. Now, you might be saying, Peter, this seems too good to be true. This seems like a BAM signing. How are we going to bring this guy in? He's played for Argentina for crying out loud. Well, folks, there is a catch. There is a catch. Okay. And this is a, this could be a big deal. Um, we don't know anything yet, but Christian Pavone may or may not be a rapist and rape is very, very bad, of course. So, you know, we don't know what the deal is. I'm not a lawyer, right? Uh, but there is a case going on in Argentina involving Pavone. Um, so I'm going to get into that. Costa has some information. He's maybe a bit more uh, intelligent with the law stuff than me. But all I'm going to say is if this guy actually raped someone, eh, maybe we stay away. Maybe we stay away. That's just <clears throat> maybe my opinion. But um, I don't know what the deal is. I'm just going to say that. Um, as a player, though, he does seem like he would be a great fit and exactly what we need. But maybe we'll have to wait and see what happens <clears throat> in the courtroom. Are we going to talk about him as a player first or are we going to play play the lawyers first? I can give you the latest information. Let's do the lawyers do first. Yeah, let's right. do lawyers first. Okay, so let's get this over with. So um, we've been in touch with uh, Olympiacos Argentina, the account on, on Twitter, our, our good friends over there, and we've been asking them for, for the latest information. Um one of the guys running that account is an avid Boca fan. So who better to talk to? Now, the legal stuff. It's true. There's a legal proceeding underway. Uh, there are allegations against Christian Pavon uh, of rape. So there is a court case. We don't know if he's going to be found guilty or not. Uh, those are the facts. It's an ongoing legal proceeding however what we do know uh, what our sources are telling us is that this would not hamper his chances of a move to europe all he would have to do is ask permission to leave the country something that he has been granted um in the last in previous fixtures that boca juniors has had uh, playing in brazil and ecuador as part of the copa libertadores so he has already been given permission to travel outside of Argentina with Boca. So it seems that if a move were to take place in the coming weeks, he would get the permission to leave the country. Someone might ask me, you know, when is the court date? We don't know. We don't know those, those facts. But what we do know, um, beyond the legal things, 
and the allegations is that he has a contract that ends in 2022, June 2022, which means that January 1st of 2022, he will be able to negotiate with any club around the world for his next contract. And that means Boca gets no money. Now, the player is valued at 10 million euro, according to, I think, both on Transfermarkt and by the club. The player is valued at 10 million euro. Marseille were interested in signing him, apparently. They've gone and signed Cendir Ungiz, the, the Turkish winger from, from Roma. So they're no longer looking at Pavon. Uh, the coach of Marseille was also, is also uh, Coach Sampaoli, somebody that gave Pavon his first cap for Argentina. He has two Argentina teammates there in Benedetto and the other one uh, whom, whom I'm forgetting now. So it looks like we're alone in the race right now to try and sign Pavon. So um, Marseille's rumoured offer to, to Boca was a 50% uh, ownership deal. So they wanted to pay for 50% of his rights. Boca didn't accept that. That would have been in, the, uh, in and around 5 million euros. Now, it's rumoured today, or there have been reports in the press in Greece, that we are willing to go up to Pedense level money to bring this guy over. So if I remember well, in the end, we forked out 7 to 8 million euro for Pedense before we sold him. So according to our sources in Argentina, this kind of money would be what Boca is looking for to sell so that they don't lose him for free. And one last thing, the reports are that Pavon met with the legend Juan Roman Riquelme in Argentina a couple of days ago. Riquelme is now the technical director for Boca. They talked about a new contract. Pavon rejected the offer that Boca made him. So Boca is looking to sell. And that's where we are, ladies and gents. Weirdly enough, Pavon also uh, about two weeks ago had to come out in public to say that he actually wasn't dead. There was a rumor on social media in uh, South American social media that he had died. Just interestingly enough. Yes. And he uh, and he came out. I was like, no, that never happened. <laughs> I'm not dead. I'm around. Uh, and part of well. Going on to the football player, I should say, uh, part of me wonders if the reason for him wanting to get out of Boca was the inconsistent minutes uh, since the start of the 2021 new year. Because he hasn't featured inc like an incredible amount. Uh, so I wonder maybe if he's like, well, if I'm not going to play here, I might as well go elsewhere. I mean, he's incredibly talented. I haven't done a deep dive yet on him. You know, if he gets announced by the club or it's like one of those things where we know he's flying in, I'll do it. But just the early stuff I've seen, I mean, guys, this is Podence level magic, like Podence level I don't know what you would call the front office wizardry if we get him. He is that talented, uh, extremely lovely touch, very fluid in, in ball possession. Uh, just a fun player to watch. I would be really excited if we could get him, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. And he tracks back, by the way. He tracks back. Yeah, I think that 
sums it up pretty well. Uh, I don't think there's too much to say about him as a player other than like, it's but, is it airport level, folks? Like, can we say it's the, airport the, level? The, the, the guy is capped. It is the guy is capped eleven times. Assuming the, the off-field issues are not a problem, I think this is easily airport level. I think we would send Nambra there. He's got his the the Mustafa Fall thing was a good practice run. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm always ready yeah. to go to the airport, as we know now that I can indeed go to the airport. But yeah, I'm I'm quite excited about it as well. I don't know. I'm quite interested also in Reese Nelson. We had this little debate about Reese Nelson as well, but uh, before we go to your your you know your craziness. pet project, Reese Nelson, this guy, Christian Pavon, has played 11 times for the Argentinian national team. Okay, he's 25 years old. You can bring him in for seven or eight million if he can do a job. You'll sell him for double, one, two years down the line. There's Easy. profit to be made there. Profit to be made there. Now, there were some concerns about ankle injuries because he had surgery in January. This is something that we asked our sources in Argentina as well. They said that he hasn't had any problems since he did that in January at the beginning of the year. Hasn't had any problems. Now, you never know. Um... Let's see, but we're talking, we're definitely talking about a player who, in my mind, could start to create some comparisons with Galetti. I mean, that's the last real bang winger that we had, like the, the last decade. So uh, there's one more thing I want to address because I heard on the Greek radio over the last week that. Oh, you know, South Americans and Argentines, they take a long time to 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 get uh, to get adapted into the team. And we saw what happened with Lovera and Soldano. I'm sorry, you can't compare Lovera, a player who played under 20 Argentina, not men's team, and Franco Soldano, who didn't play for a big Argentine club. You can't compare him to somebody that's been capped 11 times by the national team, has played for Boca. He's boys with Messi. He's basically best mates with Messi. We can say that. Sport time will say that. <laughs> oh <my>. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, love that I'm not thing. the only one who does Italian. the sport time slander. Just love that. Italian okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm, Italian oh, yes, no, Costa, actually, that's, that's a good this point, yeah. So he's EU for the, the squad registration. Yep. But actually, yep. this is a couple weeks old, but we have to say <laughs> Sport Time got absolutely thrown in the mud on social media. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, they tweet they posted or wrote something about Erling Holland's like spending like a hundred thousand on food at some restaurant in Greece. And Holland like replied to the tweet and he was like, What are you talking about, mate? Or something like that. Like Sport time gone global. I was laughing so hard. Not yeah. did you see this? Oh my god, so embarrassed. Sport time is like the embarrassment of Greece. Literally, Erlen Holland tweeted them back when it was like, This is complete fake news. Where did you find this out? Like, just typical sport time. And because, like, publications like The Sun or whatever ran with it as well in the UK, it became global. And they're the Sun is like English sport time, to be fair. Yeah, kind of, kind of. We, we. Before anyway. we move on from um, Pavon, uh, the 
the counter to the I have to the Greek radio saying, you know, the I should say the hesit the hesitation they have for some of these Argentinian players. The the they're okay. That's Lovera and Soldano are just two of of the many Argentinians we've had play for us. I don't remember Ibagaza having too much of a problem adjusting when he came and played here or Dominguez. Like, okay, you know what I mean? They can find the last two, but there's plenty of players. And when you see this type of clout and the type of ball playing, like Soldano, okay, that, that's one thing. He was a, a different type of striker. And Lovera had, Lovera does have some of that fancy footwork, but he he lacked other aspects of the game that Pavon doesn't seem to lack. The, the the only risk with Pavon is the difference coming back from injury, which from what I've seen so far, I haven't seen many people that think he's that much different, maybe just a little bit slower. But again, that's, that's stuff you work on when you come back from a surgery. You're not going to be as quick as you were. Sometimes maybe you don't get that way, but you develop other aspects of the game. I don't know. I, I don't think that that's something to fear monger about. Well, I guess with, oh, we should I go for another transfer story? So I'm going to use it while I have it. So we have here, I don't know if anyone, everyone can see that. Vachlik. Another goalkeeper, Bizot and Vachlik. So it sounds like we're still in for two. And there's another interesting headline with the name we may not see here. Bro, I don't have a goddamn magnifying glass. Dermishai, do you see that? Dermishai is also rumored to come back as the third option Kasami is here coming back in the Swiss press saying there are discussions there were discussions let me get my Olympia list course. out on my phone let me get my list going crazy I have another page that talks about oh, Henry Onyakuru is back it was and then and then we had this Colombian left back from Elche anyway throwing the papers away there's there is a ton of names out on these newspapers. And to be honest, I have no idea which one is true. But hold on. I do have a gut feeling for one of them. I don't know if I'm going to have to look into it. Costa may have it already. Hold on. And this is a big one. But Eldenson, is that a name we're talking about? Ed, is that his Ed name? Nielsen. Eld- Edmilson. This is, this is the reason print media is dead, Ed by Nielsen. the way. We have to say that. This is the there reason it like, is. people like holding the newspaper up to the camera. Like we're 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 and living in it. 1985 right now. We have to say that. <laughs> yeah, Ed no, Nielsen is another the name. Ed, well, What's the Ed your... Nielsen guy, Costa. I don't think we talked about him last time on on the the podcast. I don't think, right? But no, n- not with not with Vasily. Not, but, not the, with but Vasily. the story. The story broke like maybe a day or the day that we spoke to Vasily about Ed Milson. Right. So, so this this guy, fresh. correct me if I'm wrong, but he's coming from uh, the Middle East and he actually plays for the team that El Arabi was on and they played mm-hmm. together. Not the last one. So he played for the first. Or has team. he moved since? No, he still plays for Al Duhail, but uh, El Arabi. That was El Arabi's first club in Qatar. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. And they but- played together there. Yeah. The point is they they play they've played together so there's that link. He's pretty young as well, I believe. Um, I I took a cursory look at his numbers, not exactly setting the world on fire, um, but it's a name to keep keep in mind, I suppose. But uh, I, I think that's when we're going to have to see if it develops more. Maybe if it goes from us having to squint at the back page of the paper to the big picture on the front of the paper with the headline, maybe then we'll talk about it. 
So the news is that actually he landed in Greece today. And of course, he's there for holiday though. Yeah, so you know, Todekatelia.gr <laughs> they put out uh they put out a front piece on their website immediately. It's like Ed Milson Jr. is in, in Greece. And I think I sent a chat, I, I sent a message to all of you guys, like, oh shit, you know, this guy's here. And then I read the I read the things like, oh, he's going to Mykonos. But the clubs are talking, or I don't know. Um He's 26 years old, born in Belgium. He played for Standard Liège, uh, not far from here. So he has the passport too, because he shows up yeah. for uh, yeah. Brazilian international, but I, uh, he's or not Brazilian international, but like he has. The yeah, Brazilian so he's flag. capped. He's capped with the younger Belgian, uh, the younger Belgian teams. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, okay. he's um, he's he's pretty good, man. Like he's got good. I mean, what you would expect from a Brazilian player, like flair, good technique can pass the ball, can do the basics and being raised in Belgium, he's got a good, good foundation in terms of fundamentals and uh, physicality and, and stamina. So one to, one to look out for, I guess. He scored 13 goals last season. I think 13 goals, 11 assists. Weird, or yeah, something like that. yeah, definitely an interesting name. Maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. And I don't know if there's, are there any other uh, names folks or do we, do we now go into the friendlies? I've been itching to discuss the friendlies more. The, the The situation with the keepers may be quite interesting right now because Vachlik has received an offer from from Napoli, and apparently, you know, the reports in Greece were that we've agreed with the player, but the Euros haven't finished, and uh, his agents are playing tricks. And now uh, there were there were tweets from uh, not Fabrizio Romano, but the 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 other. Uh, the other Italian that's quite big, I forget his Di name. Anyway, his name Di Dimazio, yeah. So mm -hmm. Dimazio put out a tweet saying that there was an agreement between uh, Vachlik and Napoli, but Napoli have three keepers already. They they have uh, Merit, who was their number one keeper last season. Their number two is Ospina, and yeah, they've definitely got those two. And Surely one of them moves. Yeah, so Ospina's on the way out is what I read. But then, if Ospina's on the way out, then do you play Vachlik over Merit, who was their number one last year? It mm. seems like Vachlik is being um, positioned as a number two backup keeper for Napoli, whereas we want him as our number one. Um, so let's see. The next couple of days, I think we'll by the end of next week, we should know. But it's no, worrying. Yeah? No it's disrespect, worrying. but are Napoli playing European football this year? No. No. Europa League. Uh, they're playing, aren't they playing, playing Europa Euro League? I'm not sure. Yeah. The one thing with Vajlik is he has some higher wage expectations. Yeah, okay. He wants to be making two mil plus, and we have never paid a wage of two million for a goalkeeper ever. The I, highest I've, we ever paid a goalkeeper was uh, Roberto. And he made 1.8, I think. It was 1.7 or 1.8 a season. It's the most we've ever paid a goalkeeper. I honestly don't soft. expect it will work out between the wages and bigger clubs being in for him. I'm kind of uh, not optimistic about that one. They just went out, so we should get movement on that soon, I would assume, this next week. I Honestly, it has, he hasn't been in the 
press recently, but the the number two or number one of Lazio is the one I wanted. The one who was born and raised in Athens, the Albanian, I think Strakosha. his name is Thomas Strasco. Yeah, exactly. His, his dad is uh, employed by Olympiakos. Exactly. He's the one I'm. I I kind of want my my friend told uh, told me Pepe Reina took his spot, and so they're looking to move him on because he wants first team football. But I think he's another one who's looking to stay in Italy, probably. But he would be. He's, worth, he's a good. He's worth oh. about fifteen million. Yeah, he he's he's. <laughs> Very good. He's like 25 years old as He's well. Very so. good, but a 38 year old Pepe Reina took his. Clearly, I don't watch any Italian football. I just don't know anything. But anyway, um, yeah. Well, I'm seeing many comments. We have a comment about we what we said about Argentinians adjusting. Um, we'll That's see. That's true. Bagasa and Churi came from came from La Liga. That's true. We'll, we'll read the uh, read the comment out for those that are not going to be watching on video. Uh, we've got a comment here from uh, Evangelos Mirneos. Actually, Argentinians who came to Europe directly from Argentina needed time to adjust. Ibagaz and Dominguez played in Europe for years before joining our team. Yeah, that's true. Dominguez actually was – he played in Russia. Then he played in Spain, went back to Argentina, came then when he came to us. Actually, he came to us from Rio Vallecano, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that's true. This is very true. And then Ibagaza spent most of his time in Spain. So that's that's very true. This is a good point. This is a very good point. Um, Bellucci is the other example. Bellucci needed a few months. Right. And that's that's actually a, this is a really good point. Uh, those that did come directly from Argentina needed time to adjust. Very fair point here. And definitely, I mean, look, it's going to be something to monitor from Pavon. I think. I'm hoping that maybe the time that he spent in the U.S. means something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Or even just uh, with that. Stage. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, you guys want to talk about the friendlies now? Let's do it. Well, the first player. I mean, yeah. What we'll basically do, we'll go through. We'll discuss players. You know, and the, the results don't really mean anything because it's so early in the season. But the first player I want to discuss. Oh, wrong side. My man right here. There's my Kenny Lala. The big man who people voted for code of the season at the end of last year. I didn't forget. Okay. I didn't forget about that. People saying he's a code after six months when he had no preseason. Shh. Shh. This guy was on the cusp of the French national team when we signed him. Okay. Let's, let's just make that clear. Big player, complete right back, set piece maestro, and he's still getting better for Olympiacos. This guy is going to make an impact somehow. I know Thanasi Santruzos exists. We'll work it out, okay? We're going to get them both on the pitch somehow. Believe me. We'll, we'll figure it out. But the point is, Kenny Lala has looked very, very good, I would say, in, uh, in the friendlies. I would personally say that the major improvement I've seen is going forward, crossing the ball, some beautiful, beautiful crosses. We didn't see that last year, I have to say. Last year, he seemed really hesitant to actually get in that final third of the pitch. Not anymore. He's still covering that entire right side, doing really well. Like what I've seen a lot from him. Uh, he's definitely going to have some role to play. He's got experience. He's boys with Jan Vila. They're posting pictures on Instagram together. They're looking to be quite buddy-buddy in the big French core of our squad here. So I'm really excited about Kenny Lala. I think uh, he's going to have a much bigger role this year. And I just wanted to say the clowns who gave up on him after two months, don't do that anymore. Don't doubt oh, and my it's, man. 
it's tempting to call them out because some of the same ones that said he was code of the season are like, oh, I knew Kenny Lala was going to do fine after some of the friendlies. Like, that, what? Absolute nonsense. Look, in the end, we told you guys not to worry. Kenny Lala is a good player. He was going to be fine. The stuff that we thought maybe we'd see early on and we didn't, like his ability to get forward and overlap, we're seeing that a lot more in these friendlies. And in the friendlies, Peter already brought out, we don't care about the results, but we care about our trends and patterns we see when they're playing the game. And in the case of Kenny Lala, he is overlapping more, getting some of those crosses in. He's not a super flashy guy. He doesn't have like the, you know, ball skills of some of our wingers or even like Adruzos, for example. But he at least now shows that he can use his athleticism to get forward and whip some good crosses in. And by the way, find heads of people more often than not, which is, you know, something we can't say, unfortunately, for his colleague on the other side of the the field, which we'll get into later. But I'm positive on Lala, and I think he might get the start. I could see him getting a starting spot in the right back position uh, when the season begins. Guys, maybe we wait on the Oleg discussion until later. I think I said this last time, and Costa gave me like the patented Costa, are you serious look when I suggest something crazy. Andrusos left back. Can we can we imagine? Can we think can like Lala on the right, Thanasi on the left? Last year people said Thanasi couldn't play on the right, and he's fantastic at it. Okay. Like, what do can we entertain it? I mean, maybe even just occasionally. Can we think can we think about it? I could see it. The Greek Spinazzola. That's what I'm hearing. I don't know. Does right footed right left footed? backs are actually in. <laughs> It's like the new trend, people. Like, seriously. It is. Peter's right. He, I don't know. It may be the option. Looking at Adi's face, he's like about to punch I can, I can think of three people. <laughs> I can think of three people that have played left back with the right foot and done it well. One is Spinazzola. has been amazing in the Euro and quick recovery. I wish him the best because he, he's broken his Achilles tendon. And that's absolutely horrible so all the best to him um the other one is italian as well ari do you want to guess because the other two are too young uh starts with a z right right foot Talking, played on about zanetti zanetti no no zanetti's argentine zambrotta oh that's right oh. do you remember zambrotta i i I for, he so, was right. He was right-footed. Yeah, I didn't know that. He was right-footed. And then oh. uh, Torosidis. Torosidis is yeah. the other one. Yeah, and Torosidis. Here we go. Well, we go. I'm glad you brought up Torosidis because I joked about Adruzos being a Torosidis 2.0, and he he literally can play the same positions. He plays he plays well anywhere he goes. He is right back. Made it his own. Played amazing. Midfield. He can play midfield well. And then at left back, he didn't look bad there either. It's so nice to have a player like that that just can play any position. You know he's going to give 100% wherever he does. And even if he's not as good maybe as a you know an out-and-out left back who's made that position his own, he can do a job for you. It's, it's good. Also, guys, can we talk about... Um... Costa, you mentioned right-footed left backs. Does uh, does Torgan Hazard count as a right-footed left back? He's playing on and the wing no, back. He's 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 wasted. Stuff. He's wasted all the way back there. Don't get me started on that game, though. 
Taco Italy, uh, this, baby. This is a spot-on comment here about Kenny Lala. Again, from uh, Evagulos Milneos. Guys, this is Gavros' mentality. Unfortunately, we jump to conclusions and criticize players and coaches very easy. Same happened with Kenny Lala. I wouldn't say it's just Olympiacos, though. This is Greek. Greek. I've rated it's Kenny a, Lala since day one. This is uh, a Greek thing to do. Every Greek team does this. They jump on somebody yeah. when they don't like mesh I couldn't imagine immediately. doing that. I've... I've never done anything like that. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, I can't believe that people even do that. Such a thing. Jumping on players back after a game. It's so hard to judge though in these friendlies because, yeah. okay, no, you, I can, know. you can see some individual traits and some things that you might like about someone, you know, Lala going forward. It was much better than what we'd seen before. But then defensively on some of the goals we'd conceded, you're just like, Oh my god! Like, why aren't you? Why aren't you on the same wavelength with your centre back? And then you're just like, oh, okay, hang on a minute. He's never played with Markovic before. Probably doesn't even know his first name. So yep. I think that's the tough thing about the friendlies, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I, I'm staying reserved on on Lala. Need to see him, but he definitely had a decent preseason. I mean, um, I think Lala was like not off from what we saw defensively last year. I think he was all right. That wasn't where I was mainly concerned. I was mainly concerned last year with like, he just doesn't do anything when we have the ball. But anyway, uh, this is a nice comment from Oli fan 1925 would be useful. What would be useful as a player like Zevlakov years ago for us, someone who played basically across the entire defense. Yeah. We don't really have that now. I'm trying to Hard think to come by these days. I think the closest would have Retzos could have Retzos. he could play right back yeah. and I think he played left back once too. Yeah, that was the only other one I can think of. Yeah. Retzos can play left back. What about Retzos. Marcano? I think Ivan Marcano did left didn't back play, and didn't play back. on the right though. But okay, no, yeah, right. never in the right. No. That's uh uh that that's one that I thought of. What what uh let's do another player, Peter. What who else do you have for us? What's another well, one? Well, I think the next person we need to discuss we uh is wait, hold on. Can I can I cut this off real quick? Uh, Andruzos needs to play in the midfield. Stop with the coach. never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. Gonna Shut happen. up, we both of you. We don't need Andruzos in the midfield. Yes, we do. People. We have Vasilis Solis. Yeah, it's not it's okay. Get into the release. scored a goal everywhere on the pitch, box to box, doing everything. He's not afraid. He's 18, 19, whatever, and he's playing like a big grown man on that pitch against the Russians and the Bulgarians. He's staring them right in the face, and he's playing good football. Tiago Silva, Pepe, pack your bags. Lambro's waiting outside in the cab <laughs> to drive you to the airport and send you back home. You're not needed anymore, lads. Oh, so and I would screw them, your minutes. I would, I would hop them in the cab, wouldn't turn the meter on, be like, 50 euros is the one way rate to the airport from here. <laughs> Typical Greek taxi driver bullshit. And I would screw them so bad. I am all for sending them to the airport. Not going to be there for the send-off, but yes, I agree. <laughs> you guys get into Surulis. I mean, seriously, though, like, I kind of said it in jest, but, like, he, he looked very mature, yep. very active, like, you know, covering a lot of ground. I mean... He seems like the type of guy that you can throw on to provide some energy late in a game. You know, he can certainly do it against the small clubs in Greece, I would say. 
Like this is a guy who I think is going to be a serious part of our team next year. Um, we saw bits and pieces last year and we were maybe a bit surprised to see him deeper down the pitch. But I, I actually, from what I've seen in the friendlies, I, I think it does make a little bit of sense. Obviously, as Costa said, it is, a, it is just friendlies and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But the nice thing about this year is, you know, if it turns out there's not really a place for him in the team, he can go play in the B team and he's going to be great there. I can guarantee you that. So he, he stood out. Yeah, he stood out more than anybody this preseason for me. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's because I wasn't expecting much of him, but like I just saw it. I saw a different player. I saw yeah. a completely different player to what we saw last year. Uh, oh, here we go. Daniel Marco. Uh, Markovic. Yeah, we can talk about Markovic as well. But just on, yeah. on the list, <laughs> for those listening now, go back and listen to the last episode, the interview we did with Vasilis Kostadopoulos, the Nova Sports journalist that covers the Olympiacos team the last three years. I asked him the question, what are they feeding him? What are they feeding Surlis? The guy had an incredible energy. He was incredibly assertive, aggressive, defensively, offensively, just, get, you know, clashing into people, making big tackles, getting up and then surging into the box. The goal that he scored, I can't remember who it was against. The goal he scored was from a tackle that he made in his own half. The ball Krasnodar. went off to our midfielder and then he ran all the way from one side to the other, got in the box, got on the end of a cross. Sorry, it was a pass from El Arabi and a one-touch finish. It was incredible. And that's personified. It's personified. like Yeah. Um, the confidence on the ball real quick, as well. Adi, I, I knew he was a gem maybe two years ago. Because you play FM. <laughs> exactly. When I was playing football manager, he and Costas Fortunis, Fortunis on his last legs at 36, who at least starting Fortunis sometimes coming on. They led me to the Champions League. We beat Real Madrid. I knew he was the player that he would become anyway. Please, the serious talk. Well, the for me, it's the confidence on the ball. So how many times did we see this year he when he would play? And and understandably so. You know, a young kid, a teenager coming into the first team, and he would get the ball and second somebody would pressure him. You know what? He might dish it laterally or dish it to the back. Now we see him. He gets the ball. He has the confidence. Absolutely not. I'm going to go forward. Oh, you're going to try and make a lunge towards me. I'm going to take the chance. I'll create my own space. Some some of these runs he's had up the middle of the field. Love it. I love it. I mean, the for me, that's been the big the big standout for me because we knew that some of that ability was there. It was just a question of the confidence. Is that something that he would be able to bring to the field? And and he did. And again, they are just friendlies, but seeing that confidence in him, seeing him be willing to, when he's getting closed down by multiple players, not panic and turn and play the ball laterally, but to go forward and take the players on, make his own space, and then go continue to go forward and make a play. That's what you love to see from the academy players like that, taking the opportunities given, even in friendly. Love the energy, all about it. Solis, I want to see him at, at the very least in the in the roster for the team. Very well said, Adi. Lambra, I know you want to talk about Markovic, but we got a comment from Panos Aguilakis here. How about Apostolopoulos at left back? I saw some good stuff. I think that's a great place to go. 
Uh, I very much agree. I think we all agree that we saw some good stuff from him. Um, you know, I, I did. I don't think he made a single first team appearance last season. I might be wrong on that. Maybe one or two. Um, sure. So I, yeah, exactly. He had injury problems as well. I think. Uh, so he came in and I did not know what to expect at all, but he looked very good. I think, uh, you know, for, for what he is, he's definitely not perfect, but, um, I, I definitely want to see more from him. Uh, I wouldn't say he, for me right now is at the level of Sordis where it's like, I'm confident Sordis can do a job for the first team. Like I'd be okay with him in the first team squad, but with Apostolopoulos, it's like, let's see him in the second team. And I wouldn't be surprised if he dominates and then gets some games in the first team rotating out at left back or something like that. Guys, just reminder, Surlis has been training with the first team. This is his third year. This is his third year training with the first team. Apostolopoulos just, it's his first preseason. So that's something, again, we talked with Vasily Kostadopoulos about that. Go back, listen to that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a like, leave a comment. Go back and listen to that episode. Listen to what Vasily told us about Surli, about his evolution. Um, he's a player like Bukhalakis. Bukhalakis started his career as a 10, as an offensive midfielder. He was then brought back to play further back in the field as a six or as a as an eight, if you will, by by Mitchell, uh, by uh, by Marco Silva. All of these coaches, they saw something in Bukhalakis. He had injury problems at the time. Some of you will remember. But the same's happening with Surlis. He started as a 10, as a second striker, was our top scorer in the youth team. And now we see him really far back compared to where he's, he's used to. And something interesting that he said in a post-match the other day, and I'll, we can go back to the left-back issue, but Kostadopoulos asked him a question was what's your goal for this year and his response was incredible it was it wasn't like you know win the championship play in europe and you know it was i want to improve my positioning on the field like super specific super specific and there's a comment here from yeah, viper yeah, three he says surli's dad was a pro that explains him being so confident and tactically mature at such a young age that definitely helps definitely yeah, I'm excited to see more of him. I, I think he could break out this year. It'd be really fun to see him uh, in, you know, like I said, sort of come on as like a sub in, in these games and provide some energy, provide a spark in the midfield. Could be interesting to see what he can do, guys. Uh, but yeah, Apostolopoulos, like also, I would say, you know, stood out and surprised me. Um, you know, I'm, he's obviously not Suri's tier just yet, but he played very well, I think, for uh, for what he is. And Definitely, definitely want to see more of him. Um, additionally, I guess now we can talk about Markovic. Lambro uh, has, has flashed <laughs> Before we go to Markovic, there's What's a really, Papi wrote there's a a really tasty comment. There's a really tasty comment. It's going to cover Goffa, my whole face. Which is like, yeah, I can't even see myself. I'm drowning in the comment. So, okay. Big rant here from Costa. Now, about Oleg. He says, I can't understand his hesitation to pass forward, left or center, or to run with the ball. He's extremely good pace and acceleration and stamina, but he refuses to run. I look at him. He's not aggressive. I hope he wakes up from this and starts to not be afraid and make more runs with the ball because truly I'm frustrated to watch him. Uh, 
I, I swear I said something similar to, to Ari the other day or one of you on the chat um, the other day. I don't know if it was an instruction for him to not get forward. And Ari, you made a good comment, actually. Yeah, it's been – it definitely is a pattern that we've seen. But remember, guys, what his problem was when he first came in. He would get too far forward on the overlaps. The problem with Oleg, and I mentioned this in the deep dive when we first brought him in, the context with which we brought him in, right? If you guys remember how he was playing and what we were seeing then, the speed was there, as was discussed. He can get forward with the ball, but he usually had to do it himself. He's not used to having a team that can competently play off of him like that. So now when he first came in, again, we mentioned this. He was overvaluing his speed. So he would get really far forward and just expect because he knows he's fast that he could get back. We got burned a couple times on that. And we're seeing in these friendlies that he is staying Wait, he just stays further back. He's much more cautious. And Gustav brought this up. We were on the same wavelength with this. It has to, there's no way it's not instruction because that goes against the nature of him as a player. So it has to be instruction. That way he doesn't get caught out. So, and unfortunately, because that was a, that was his value was the ability to overlap and use his speed to get forward both with and without the ball. It The product that he's put on the field isn't quite where we like it. So I have to believe that that is that that's instruction because that's a completely different thing for that when we saw from him as a player when this prior to the end of the season. And I don't think that he changed that much at least, you know, the the one thing I will say his crossing is still terrible. I mean, we got to do something about that because it's piss poor. But uh, at the very least, I I'm hoping at uh, again, this is a hope. I don't I don't know if this is what's actually happening. I'm hoping that the the more cautious, I or I'll, I'll say the more conservative approach to him getting forward is instruction, so that as we go forward into the next season, we don't get burned in these European competitions because that's where you're going to pay for it at least more so than the Greek league. Yeah. I think the crossing is the big thing for me, regardless of the, the whole, like maybe overcorrecting for something Martin said about going, you know, using your speed too much or whatever. I, I think like the crossing needs to be fixed first and foremost. Like it's been quite poor. We have to say that it was never great. And it's been quite poor in, uh, in the friendly games. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I say about Andruzos, but he's obviously not going to be firing off left-footed crosses. If, if anything, he's going to be cutting in, right? He's so, better. You know, he's better with his left foot crossing from the from the left. Than Oleg, you would than say. Oleg. Than Oleg. Than Oleg, yeah. yeah. To be fair, yeah. It doesn't maybe. get much worse not, than that. Not but, saying much, but yeah, you're probably right. But I, I, I wish that, you know how basketball players in, in off-season, they have like three-point camp or like, you know, uh, post up camp or whatever can't somebody just put this guy in a crossing camp just get the guy to whip in crosses really too mean, late for that we have champions league in two weeks but, no, but yeah dude, I, I see yeah but okay saying. you don't you don't need the okay if we're if we're seriously talking about whether or not we're going to beat whoever we're playing in the second round then we might as well <laughs> not turn up yeah also uh, I've I've been sitting on this question. I don't think it's the time, but like from you guys who watched almost all the friendlies, and I'm not talking much. You guys may notice because I didn't catch a lot of the friendlies. It was difficult for me traveling on one megabyte per second internet in some places. But um, 
the starting 11 going into this friendly with Galatasaray is going to say a lot. Mm. Well, you guys have any idea what formation and what the starting 11 will be? Is Oleg for sure in that? You'd assume so, right? Should, Would he should, really start on Thrutsos or Apostolos? This is, this is actually a fun exercise. That's why I was start? sitting on do it. You, I was do you want to start from the keeper? <laughs> Christensen, oh get in there, my son. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, why don't... Shall I just go first as the one let's, who knows let's, the least? Shall we, shall we try and figure out the lineup for the first game? Yeah, yeah I think this it. will be fun. Or at least yeah. what... Okay, so this is what Martins is going to try against Galatasaray. First half, he's going to put his first team out. What is it going to be? So... Labro says keeper's going to be Christensen. Maybe. Anyone disagree with that? Just, uh, I, I so Lackis has got a decent amount of minutes. Mm. I mean, is Saz there? And he's. we don't know what's happening with him. <laughs> that is true. That's true. He is that is there, also true. So maybe he starts. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking, to be honest with you, if it's a real first team. Certainly don't know if, what the deal is with him, but like, I mean, at least he's, you know, maybe going to play in some of these games against, you know, Baku FC and whatnot. So maybe Martins wants to give him 45 minutes against Galatasaray. I don't know. And then he breaks his finger and his transfer's ruined. Blessing in disguise because we get to keep him for an entire season. <laughs> what happened last year anyway but anyway I, so let, let's say saw and then the easy one uh kenny lala for sure starts at right back at this point probably yeah Maybe i mean should, should we say uh, we're probably doing a four three three i would say we just four three three i think yeah yeah and then at the back ruben Samedo probably has to be there ruben and socrates yep. so, yeah ruben and socrates the, the and left back that's the question old leg Andrutsos or the young kid Apostolopoulos? I don't think it will be Apostolopoulos. It I'll has to be Oleg. Now. It has to be Oleg, right? Well, wait. So we're assuming that we're running a 4-3-3 a or a 4 2 four, 3, three one. Is that what you think it's going to be? That's well, so here's question. the thing. Because from what... 4-2-3-1 without Fortunis. Well, I mean, we did do 4-2-3-1 one time in the friendly so far. And that was against Salzburg. Yeah. Uh, and yesterday. And we, yeah, well, that's and right. Yesterday, and yesterday. It was the end. But uh, from good. the right. from the Kostatopoulos interview, right, uh, there was the mention that the three four three wasn't being played because we were without more center backs like Ba and Cisse. So I have to wonder if in that friendly we do because three four three has been the the flavor of the month for us recently. Well, do we so have, I have center backs though? I mean, unless he goes Sanito, Markovic, Socrates, like the like it's not like Cisse is flying in or anything. He is. Well, safe he is. He is. He is. This oh, freaking is he? newspaper talked about this. Yeah, he, yeah, he's gonna be there real soon. And Ba yeah, is still doing rehab. And Ba is not gonna yeah. be ready. Now, but. But, well, yeah, I wouldn't chance him. I want him to have plenty of time to rehab that. Yeah, because we've mentioned before that that injury could get worse if it's not properly recovered. So I think I think we see a back three of Cisse, Semedo, Socrati for right. that for that friendly, and we run in a three four three. Well, Very interesting, but that's personally. I think we probably do see three, four, or four, three, three. But you know, we'll agree to disagree on that. I suppose. If you have to put a gun to my head, I'm going to say that we do 
trot out Oleg at left back, I think. But, I mean, it's friendly, so he's going to probably get subbed off at halftime, especially if he plays like crap. So, I, you know, it's just what, what Martins is going to do for this friendly, I assume, is just play Oleg. Yeah. And then I don't think the midfield's going to be a, a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. It's Jan, Andrea, Buhalex, of course. Uh, unless... Unless it's Kunde. three four three, it's just going to be Yannick. Well, and if Mati. it's three four three, it won't do mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. and then the front three is easy as well. I would say, except for the one spot, I guess Valbuena. Oh, yeah, right. You would assume Valbuena and Masuras. Valbuena, Masuras, and Larabi. That's it. That's no shouts for Lazar. Lazar in the team. No shouts for Chumich, my boy. Well, oh, looking. I good. I was about Abdi to say deep dive, please. Yeah. Deep dive on too much. Is it ready? Yeah. Well, so the number of I can't tell if I'm getting trolled or not. The number of I people think you are getting for, for deep dives after they're watching him play. Like you guys have seen it. I don't need to do that. I think I'm getting trolled. But no, I think uh, I don't because Chumich is. I don't. I wouldn't expect to see him start in the friendly. Uh, Lazar maybe. Uh, only because of the history with the team and he's been part of the first team for longer and he's actually had a solid preseason. He's playing good ball. He's playing good ball yeah. with the ball at his feet. Looks good. The end product may be still a bit to be desired, but the ball at his feet, he actually does look a bit more like he's actually thinking before he does things and like yeah. not just literally like robot kick the ball and run after it. So yeah, he knows he can't do that. He's not fast. Yeah. So. Yeah. Honestly, I, I was joking with you guys. Like, I feel like I'm, so since I called him the, I was the first one. Other people were like, "Oh no, Lazar still has it." I was the first one who predicted he would be shit this season, and I have a gut feeling he's gonna stick around and be much better. Here we oh, go. There's the prediction. There's the this on video. Yeah, we have, on, we have that. On you know, video. this is actually a win-win because either he does put in, you know, good value for the club, or we get like a Hall of Fame clip clip of Lambro just like. <laughs> I think he's going to be better. And then he has like the worst six months of all time and gets sent to Poland on loan. <laughs> it's like Adi's uh, uh, huge BAM in January. Me just in the mud. Yeah. Sounds it's like, about right. We never, we never posted this clip, but there is, oh, there yes. is audio <laughs> of Lambro like at the beginning of the season, just like <laughs> trashing Hassan and literally like, like he literally says like, Hassan's not a big player. He's not going to do it in the big European games for us. He's not made for those moments. What does Hassan do this season? Pop up in like every big game and score a goal. <laughs> by the way, by the way, El Arabi goal tally during the friendlies. Zero. Zero. Oh, Hassan goal cares? tally. Too many to count, Felix. He's got three, I think. He's got three. I think three, yeah. Well, Something to think about. Start Hassan. He could start Hassan. He could. He could. Like the ammonia like game. Those. Remember when 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 Hassan started the ammonia game at home? Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh my god, I was ready to throw my TV it's out the window the after the first half. Yeah. Uh, there's a comment here from Galapagito Seven. Lazar is finished with one or two extremes <laughs> to be bought. Masuras Fabuena, there is not enough space. Uh, I don't think Lazar's finished yet. But um, Lazar's having... not going to be cut. Like, I was talking to Costa about yet. this. You can read the goddamn tea leaves w- with Olympiacos news. Like, I I am, like, a 
freaking veteran of reading these goddamn newspapers, he is not close to being cut. Like he is not in the conversation. The way the newspapers and sites talk about Pepe and Tiago Silva shows to me they're gone for sure. There's no way yep. they're coming back for them. Lazar, not a sound. There is not a peep, which shows to me, and for the fu- for the future, few I don't know at least months he's not going anywhere unless they find something in august and they're like boom this is it so i don't know look man if we if we pick up a winger or two even if we you know just get one winger whatever it's fine he can be bad again and just not play if we get other wingers to replace him and if he's good oh wow he's good but yeah i'm i'm not you know calling for his head like we've seen some decent things we can see it a little bit more maybe he'll have a hall of fame performance against the tiny teams in uh in these champions league qualifiers but yeah i don't know i mean as far as players who were like quote unquote flops in the preseason we already mentioned oleg you know we talked about him already uh pepe and tiago silva i mentioned at the beginning surlis is taken sorry taken all the minutes from them uh surlis were looking at him maybe going back to england i could see a portuguese team coming in for pepe uh, or alone or something again. I don't know. Maybe Cote FC Famidikiao is calling, but uh, Nottingham Forest fans, what a huge club, man. Cafu and Tiago Silva, like their two best players in the last five years. They're a massive club. Um, so maybe maybe Tiago Silva goes back there, uh, but I can't see a future for them in Olympiacos this year. And I also don't think they're going to be playing for the B team. Likewise, I have one more to kind of add to the list and it's more, more not because I think he's a terrible player, but it's mainly just because I'm, I'm worried post injury and that's Mario's Versailles. He doesn't really look that good in the friendlies. I'm I'm worried about him. I'm worried. I'm really worried. Uh, I would also be because of like what we saw and the improvement he made, how much he fought to get into this team. And I'm worried he's going to be put on the B team. And the the friendlies that we've watched, he just doesn't look like the Versailles we fell in love with before. Uh, he doesn't look as dynamic. And mainly the change of pace, the change of direction, the cutting I don't see is there. Uh, and that's perfectly understandable because of the injury. So I'm just a little bit worried, to be honest. One I'm last comment well. I have before maybe we start to wrap up. Timeline for player sales. I was wondering, Madi Kamara... Do you think big teams are waiting post Euros going into August to make these big splash signings? Or do we get movement in the next like week or two with the Euros wrapping up? Like when do you think those rumors will heat up? Jose saw like who knows with Roma. I told you guys privately, my Italian friends are saying that they may be looking elsewhere. A Sampdoria keeper, I think is the name I heard or Atalanta. I don't remember, but like Ruben Semedo, Mari Camara, what do you guys think? Anyway, I think the end of the Euros will probably do it, and maybe a couple weeks players get back, and like people sort of start seeing their squads. Some teams have just hired a new manager, like a couple days ago, right? Like True. Spurs yeah. just brought uh, Nuno in from Wolves. So if you think about that, like um, you're not going to be able to really. I mean, you shouldn't make signings uh, unless your manager at least like knows who the player is. I would say that's, I mean, maybe some clubs do it, but I would say that's probably not good business. So, you know, teams are going to wait until their things are settled down. I think the end of the Euro is going to help settle things down. Everyone comes back, play with their club. 
Uh, and I think we'll start seeing some movement then, but yeah, I mean the, even, even though we're already down to the semifinals, I think you're still going to see some price tags swing up and down depending on like, you know, a, a Danish player has a big game, England go out and it's not coming home and then the price tag goes up or something like that. Um, who knows? Or maybe like Harry Maguire like breathes and then gets sold for 90 million. Oh wait, that happened already. Um, anyway, um, uh, maybe we should start wrapping up. Um, Costa with like an absolute look of disgust on his face. Me like, <laughs> I... no, I'm just thinking about Kamara. Thinking about Madi. Uh, I don't know. I just, I for some reason I can't see anybody paying the price tag. Even with Raiola, the reports were that okay, Olympiacos wants twenty million, and I think if you ask any fan, they'll say. How much, yeah. How much does Olibiagos want to sell Camara? Everyone will say 20 million or fuck off. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we, we better for- not fuck this up cheap like we're doing with Saw for like the 10 or 9 million. Yeah, which but it's is a-, a different case. But like, I swear to God, if they go, ch- if they dropped like 14.5 million euros. I will kill someone. Like, do not go cheap on this. Twenty million, or he stays. He signed a new fucking contract. He is not allowed to leave if they don't match the evaluation. That's it. I don't give a shit. Like that. That's it. Like, Vasily said the other day, actually, that yeah, the, the the players that are there, they're happy, right? They've got good contracts. Like they were, uh, they were given an increase in wages, etc., etc., etc. Maddie's signed two new contracts since he joined three seasons ago so for me it's like yes and no i think maddie wants to leave i think he's kind of you know doing his pre-season but he wants to leave this summer and i worry that this is going to drag on and in the end we'll sell him for 14 15 million with a 20 percent uh, you know, and we'll retain 20% or something. I can't see us selling him for 20 million. Just, I just yeah. can't see it. I just can't. And see that's it. not a bad fee either. 15 mil, 20% sell on. Yeah, sure. Sure. That's not bad either. If we, if we retain a percentage fine. And that's, that's what Raiola was, was trying to push to us. But now Napoli's technical director came out a couple of weeks ago, like last week and said, we're not interested in him. So are they trying to barter down the price? Like, I don't know what's going on. Frankly, I'm waiting for some Premier League teams to show up for him. Arsenal. Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal. They would yeah. they would fork it over, I think. Make it yeah, happen. Yeah, but they don't have we'll European football. We get Chris Wheatley back in here. We yeah. need to get Chris Wheatley back in here. Love that guy. But yeah, man. No, I, I, I'm worried about it. I'm really worried because I want to get good money for it. I don't want to get screwed over. So, anyway. Well, I think we'll just have to wait and see. Anyways... I think we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for listening. Costa, get that out of there. Get, we've got technical difficulties, guys. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. It's, 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 no, no. no. Oh, it's no. coming home. It's coming home, everybody. No, it's not. It's not. Costa, there's two games left, okay? Italy. Italy. Forza Azuri. Forza Azuri. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Um Good to see the three of you again, all of us together. We hope that will be happening a lot more. Um, Holidays are over. 
all of this things. So uh, we'll we'll try to be pushing out episodes with the four of us. We've got some more exciting stuff on the horizon for you. So uh, stay tuned. Enjoy the rest of the Euros. I believe the final is a week from today. Um, and the fourth place game for England will also be a week from today uh, or maybe uh, six days from today. Make sure to subscribe. Give us a good old like on the YouTube video. Uh, if you like Lambro uh, showing you the papers and not being able to see it, give us a comment and say it's not coming home in the comments if you've made it this far. Um, just, you know, for me. Uh, there we go. Petros Kumantakos says it says uh, thumbs up Italy. There we go. Harry Forza Kane Azzurri. is coming. Harry Kane is coming. Harry Kane plays for Spurs, so he's going to bottle it. Um, anyway, thank you so much, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the Euros, and we'll see you. We'll see you very soon. You just listened to an episode of the Gate Seven International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.